0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the SAP. As always, it is your host Dave Neal. This is a solo episode, folks. This is me and you, and uh, maybe your dog. My dog sitting next to me. Wouldn't that be great if one day we found out our dogs could hear us? <laughs> like my dog, he's actually a fan of my podcast. He's like, oh, a podcast, and he comes and sits on my jute rug. Wouldn't that be nice? Well, look, guys, I'm a day late in uploading this podcast. I'll tell you why. It's December 7th, 2020. That's where I am right now. I normally upload these. uh, I would say about 99.5% of the time I upload the podcast on Sunday evenings. But we were so slammed and so busy making soap, wrapping Christmas presents, doing vlogs, that I said, you know what? Tasha's got a busy day on Monday. I'm going to wait till Monday, wait to get her out the door, And then it's just going to be me and you guys. We're going to have a nice little fireside chat hanging out alone. You guys doing all right? If you didn't know, I'm participating in Vlogmas this year. Vlogmas uh, is vlogs during Christmas, December 1st to the 24th or 25th. I don't really know. um, Basically 25 straight days of vlogs. Now, let me tell you something. I make about one vlog a month, maybe one every three months. I don't really do the vlogs, and I'll tell you why. Vlogs are a very, you know, video journals, basically. That's what it is. It's a blog, but a vlog, right? V-L-O-G. My, my, I, it sounds dumb explaining that to you guys, but my mom has no idea what a vlog is. Everything I do, she just calls it a podcast. She's like, how was the podcast? It was like, I was shooting a TV show. Oh, good. I love good podcast. Like she has, she's, you know, I feel like families that way where they, they figure out what the thing is that you do and then they'll just kind of ride that. You ever see family that you haven't seen in in 10 years and they, they just like, they know, oh, that's the person who draws on canvases. Hey, how's the artwork going? It's just like, they don't really care. No one really cares. They just, it's just like, how, you know, what's going on with the weather? It's funny when you answer them like really in depth, but you, you know, you maybe I feel like I'm super empathetic. Like I can tell right away when people don't care. I'm like, you don't even care. I get so, nothing annoys me more than when I'm talking to somebody or they're talking to me and I can feel them check out. And I feel like Los Angeles is one of the worst places with this because, um, you know, in LA, it's like, I've been at comedy clubs, you know, where you're socializing with other comedians at the comedy store is a place called the patio. It's like the outdoor of the comedy club. And it's where all the comics hang out. And I've literally been talking to people and you can just see them look over your shoulder, to look at someone else and it's like, look, I will never talk to you again. I'm done. I don't need, I got it. Like we all got, you know, comics, we all had ADD, but like, um, I was with a couple of my buddies the other day, Tom and Dan, you've heard them both on the podcast recently. We competed in, as you guys know, we competed in a game show and it went well. Yeah, we didn't. We made we made a few bucks. We didn't we didn't win the grand prize, but um, they invited us back. So the next week we went back and did the game show and we lost. We got our asses kicked. We didn't we didn't win a dime. The only thing we got was the free subway sandwich they gave us, and I stole a couple extra um, granola bars. I was like, I'm taking whatever I can on the way out. Took an extra mask, some hand sanitizer, my morals. Uh, We lost and then we were getting ready to drive home and Dan doesn't have a car and Tom doesn't have a car. So I've been driving these guys around. And again, we tested pot negative for COVID. So you know, I didn't, I didn't feel uncomfortable with that, but we, 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 we we get in the car and they both take their phones out. And I was like, look, I don't mean to be a, uh, an asshole here but could you guys not just like text and watch videos while i drive you guys home you know what i mean like am i an idiot you ever there's a there's a reddit a subreddit called am i the asshole a-i-t-a am i the asshole so I was like, am I an idiot for not wanting you guys to be on your phones while I drive you? Like, is it that much to ask? I get it. Look, if we're on a long road trip, go watch something in the back. But you're literally playing different videos and shit. And again, it, yeah, I was probably being oversensitive. We lost, we we're all grumpy. But um, I get I get upset when I just feel like I'm talking to someone and they're not listening. And then I go, and then people go, oh no, no, no I I heard you. It's like, no, 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 no. You heard me. Like with Tasha, right? She'll she'll like she'll be able to not listen. And then if I call her out on it, she'll be able to access her, um, her, uh, short term memory to recall what I said, even though she wasn't listening in the first place. Do I sound crazy guys? I don't know. Is it, is it odd to think that someone who hosts a podcast wants to be heard? You know what I mean? But with family, it's like, look. You know, I got family going, oh, what do you want for Christmas? It's like, I just want you to watch and comment on my YouTube channel. Show that you have a modicum of interest in what I do with my life. I don't know if that's part of the whole like um, bitterness that comes with creation. You guys familiar with this? When you create something, when you work hard for something, you you get bitter sometimes, uh, depending on how much energy you put into that thing. Like, oh, no one's going to want to watch this. No one's going to, you know, like, uh, or like if I don't get the response I want right away after like, um, you know, I'll work hard on, you know, a stand up set. And then um, and then if it doesn't go well, and I don't mean like sabotaging in front of the audience, but I'll be like, well, you know, like I want feedback. Like I do everything, everything you do in life you do for feedback maybe maybe not maybe i'm maybe i'm just super super needy like i'm sure that's part of it but i think if we all break down what we do we just want feedback you know you're some you're some bloke who's like uh, you know power washing the fence you just want your wife to say hey honey you look sexy over there power washing the fence you just want like some form of acknowledgement i don't know i don't know what i'm saying but anyway when it comes to family it's like with um with the internet the way it is these days you can't promote like you can't promote YouTube videos on Facebook. It's just Facebook shuts them down, which really pisses me off. You know, having spent years as like an early adopter to Facebook, that shit came out when I was, you know, a sophomore in high school or college. Sorry. That, that came out like I was, uh, you know, you know, back when you needed a student, I, you know, ID to sign in a student email address. And you can only like, uh, I I sound really old to the young people, but you could only, uh, talk to people within your same university. So you couldn't like, I couldn't, you know, my mom wasn't on it, let alone I couldn't talk to someone at UConn. It was like only people at my university, no photos. It was just, you update your status. It was, it was just like a, you know, a, 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 a newly branded, uh, AOL, um, instant messenger in a way, there was no private chatting. Anyway, I digress. Uh, but the point is, is that now if I'm doing all this work on YouTube, trying to create videos and content, I can't just share it in other communities. It just doesn't, they don't play well. They don't like each other. So if you put, you know, you guys know this. I mean, if you post a YouTube video on Facebook, Facebook technology is going to say, no, 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 we don't want anyone to see this. So I might have 5,000 friends, but no one knows what the heck I'm doing. And it annoys me because you just can't, I don't know. It's like some people like, I, I don't, it's, it's a control thing. It's a control thing. I don't like it when other, um, I don't like it when Facebook can decide which of my friends want to see my content. Cause I don't trust it. I don't trust that. Like of all the people I've known and, and uh, met along the way, you, you, you ever see that? How like you'll randomly just be shown 20 people's things. I know a lot of people, but then I'll have to like physically search to be like, dude, what's going on with Tyler? I'm not getting any of his content. And then after you physically search for Tyler and like a few photos, then maybe you'll get shown his stuff some more. But it, it seems that only abrasive people are the ones that you get to see. I don't really want that in my life. I know like on the chemical level, we all do. Like we all want like war in, in our mind because we want to like, like fight, fight, fight. Like that's, there's something innate about that within us. But I think like what we crave is just some serenity. Wouldn't it be nice? It used to be you'd go on Facebook and gratitude was the thing, you know, you wanted a hundred likes on a, on a status. You just post something with gratitude and that, that would do well because I think inherently people want that, but also people want to fight. And boy, have I been stuck in a few of those dumb, dumb fights. So it's like, well, if I'm not creating content that's completely abrasive, does it even belong on, on, on the medium? You know, I don't know. But anyway, um, I am on, uh, as I typed it, as I uh, talked to you guys, I've done seven straight days of Christmas vlogs, uh, everything from taste testing, Dunkin' Donuts, iced coffee and Starbucks iced coffee to, uh, hanging the Christmas tree lights finding the christmas tree and today i'm going to make a sexist christmas gift guide i'm going to i'm going to uh, list all the completely sexist things you should get your girlfriend or wife you know like things like pillows and weighted blankets um i got this bowl that makes sound you know the sound bar the sound bath bowl you rub the little guacamole stick in it you know the little mortar bowl um anyway so that's what I'm up to. What are you guys up to? What's everyone doing out there? You uh, you guys on board for Christmas? Are you, uh, are you feeling it this year? I mean, they're saying that most places, um, their Christmas ornaments are sold out. I guess people are really going hard into Christmas. Drinking some LaCroix. I mean, we are. We're going really hard because it's our first year in Southern California. And my biggest fear, not a fear so much as like... Uh, risk assessment is not wanting Tasha to lose her mind by being stuck out here. Cause every year we've dated, we've gone to her family for Christmas, which which on my end is a rough bargain. I mean, she knows it. Like we were supposed to alternate every year and then six, seven years in a row, we just go to her place. Maybe three or four of those years, we went to my family's too, but it was really just cost too much money to be flying to Kentucky, then flying to Rhode Island, all during the worst travel time of the year. This year, with the virus, uh, Tasha and I just made the, made this sort of like sobering decision, you know, the non emotional decision to say, look, we're not going to go, we're not going to go back, we're going to hang out here, keep everyone safe. It's um, you know, regardless regardless of what you think of the pandemic and how it's being run and this and that, it's a trying time. We've had weird traditions we've had to start this year and end. You know, like I'm I'm cr- like, you know what I'm looking forward to today, at uh, at two thirty this afternoon. I'm going to go run to the park. There's a park near me that has a little dip bar and pull up bar. It's got like a little workout area. That's going to be my fun thing to do today. (laughs) You know, like times have slowed down, they're different. I've done stand up like five times since March. It's not a great thing. But also, what are you going to do? What's like everything's really shutting down out there. So the vlog, the Vlogmas has been a fun way for me to just. Find new creative um, goals, I guess you would say, because, um, you know, the goal, the, the you know, right now the goal is like, how much can I make some cash online, you know, while everything else is up in flames that cause those are the people that are really killing it right now are people that already have a following online. They really are killing it. I mean, they're able to, uh, you know, they're able to make uh, Google sense ad revenue uh, from the comfort of their home. And it's, it's a whole thing. But anyway, today uh, we're going to let's, let's just let's, let's go back to the old fastball. Let's go back to where it all began and just do some dating and sex advice. Um, read a couple questions or, and comments I found on Reddit, and um, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll give you some opinions on it. All right. So uh, here's one titled Completed Date Alone After Being Stood Up. All right. Completed Date Alone After Being Stood Up. Uh, 23 year old female said, I asked someone, a 23 year old male, Um, I had been dating on a small day hiking trip, a place I really wanted to show him. He was really interested and we had set a date. I ended up getting two tickets without telling him since I was the one to ask him. He ended up ghosting me before the date. So instead of wallowing at home and stuffing my face with ice cream over this dumb guy, which I was so tempted to do, I decided to make uh, use of my ticket and take myself on the date and go at the trip alone. I had so much fun. I explored different tracks, saw some cool birds and, uh, and baby birds found some gorgeous hidden bays, collected seashells, listened to music, and enjoyed my own company. Probably not the safest thing to do, but it was an impulse move and one I don't regret. Even though I was super mad and got upset at times on the trip, I had just started to develop a crush on him, which takes a lot for me to admit, I ended up feeling really autonomous, independent, and inspired. I had so many hours to just wander with my thoughts and emotions and process them. I'm so proud of myself because I normally don't like or feel comfortable doing things alone. So it was a huge step for me. What would you have done in my place? Also, would you confront your date in this situation? First thing I would do is, yeah, well, I wouldn't say the first thing is I would confront your date, but I would that for sure. I would say like, Hey, I bought tickets for this and you ghosted me, but you didn't know I bought tickets. So I'm not going to leave you on the hook for that. But just know that, like, for the, f- you know what, you know what's always good is when you, when you talk to people for the future, you know, you just go, look, for the next person you're talking to or dating or have been inside, you know, just maybe cancel on them. You know, can't, you know, don't be, you just figure out, and, and maybe the guy forgot. You know, there's always, like, a, you know, excuses, uh, there's a, the, you know, they say, ah, excuses are like assholes, we all have them and they stink. But an excuse is better than ghosting. So maybe he's really bad with his time management and and then in which case do you want to be with this guy anyway? Um, and maybe he was nervous because he was, he could tell you were catching feeling. I mean, what probably happened, uh, most likely my guess, knowing you're both 23 is that he probably caught feel, or you probably caught feelings. He could tell. And, uh, he was like, Oh geez, a, a daytime hike. While I agreed to it in essence, Knowing that it could be like, this is boyfriend, girlfriend stuff. Like, what are we going to go to a pumpkin patch and go apple picking? Like, this can become a, you know, like a legit thing. I was the same way. When I was that age, I was I was juking and jiving away from doing anything that was couples related. I think the reason for me was I was living like this gig lifestyle, sort of like bouncing between jobs and auditioning and this and that, that I didn't exactly have the money to wine and dine someone. Therefore... I just decided I would rather just go to the bars and meet random people and have random encounters, which I really loved. I mean, that's fun. If you're going to meet someone at a bar, I think you both understand that's not exactly where you're going to build long-term connections. And you might, like, you might, you might, like, yeah, you got to go to the pond if you want to go fishing. You got to go meet somewhere. You're not just going to go pick someone up at a park like some creepo. Maybe you will. Uh, But the point is, is that, You know, if you, you know, if I meet, you know, there was this one girl in New York where we met, I don't know, maybe like midnight, which is still early in New York, midnight, and I was out with my buddies, and I met this girl, and she was with friends, and then, I think I met her in line at the bathroom, it was like a unisex bathroom, so there was a line in the bathroom, nice, cool, trendy bar, downtown New York, and, um, And, you know, she, 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 we, we start, I hit it off with her. We're waiting in line. I hit it off, start talking to her. And then her friends have to leave. And I was like, oh, you're, she was like, oh, my friends leave. And I was like, oh, hang with me. And she did. And I was like, geez, I was like, wow, the trust that she has to hang with some random bloke uh, when her friends left, which I appreciate because I'm not some complete creep. Like, uh, you know, I was treating her fine. We were nice, nice, good, charismatic convo, if you will, a solo podcast, might I add. Um, And then like maybe within half an hour. She was like, "Yeah, let's go back to my place." And I was like, "This was like out of the movies." I was like, "Wow, well, you, you want to go back to your place? Like, this is—I'm uh, not you. I'm not—you know—that was—you know—you. I knew as dumb as I am, I knew what this entailed. I knew this was a um, a romp, if you will. So uh, we go back to her place, and um, we we get uh, we get onto it. We get into it. We had fun. We hooked up. You know, I did the whole walk of shame the next morning. It was great. And then the, and then we became like. Sort of casual, like come over. I don't think we ever went on a date. I don't think we ever. I don't think we ever went to the bar after that. We did like a wine uh, night, movie night. Uh, you know, a couple of those, and then um, she was like, "Hey, uh, you know, I'm trying to." Uh, she like went to some yoga retreat, like every woman in her twenties does, and she was like, oh, "I'm not trying to be that kind of person anymore." And uh, I didn't take it personally, but I did respect the fact that she had set boundaries, and she knew. I think if I had like gone with her, I, she she was like, "Look, I'm not trying to just have these random hookups." I think if I liked her enough, I could have said, "Oh, no, 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 no! Like, let's 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 make like let's do this. Let's go on a date. Let's whatever. You know, like um if if a guy likes you, I think he's willing to accept the parameters of you know making things more official, kind of like wine and dining, going on a hike, you know, a day trip." But I was like, "Nah, this is this isn't what I signed up for." So like technically. I wasn't in the wrong. We were two consenting adults, but she wasn't in the wrong for like changing her mood. And that was fine. And that that, has happened to me a few times where like someone decides like, hey, this thing we're doing like was fun, but it's not fun enough. Like it's good for a a hot minute. And then now it's like, I kind of need more. I can tell like I'm not like a priority and it's like, okay, well, you have to find someone who is going to make you a priority and you have to be okay if the person that you're with, the person you're casually seeing isn't making you a priority. Learn to read the room and then and then make your move and then it's like, like I always say leap in the net will appear. Either the guy or gal follows you to the next step or they don't and maybe they regret it remember another instance um, where there was a girl who I was casually hooking up with. I mean, a lot of these, it was all casual. Everything was casual. Everything, like there was something about me growing up, which I don't think is too rare. I think when you're in your 20s, I don't think there's anything too rare with not wanting commitment. You know, I I had friends. Once you age, you'd stop having friends. (laughs) Like I've got got really close friends, but I don't have the guys. It used to be like on Friday night, you'd have a buddy saying, yo, what's going on tonight? It was just assumed we were going to go out and just cause havoc you know and by cause havoc i mean just you know talk mildly louder than other people you know and and drink beers nothing really crazy but that was the assumption you're going to go out and it's like couldn't be farther from the truth now couldn't be farther from the truth um i am lucky though aside from the the year of COVID, i am lucky that i'm able to sort of get some of my um uh, extrovertedness uh kick with stand-up comedy like um I feel like most people that are in a, like a long-term relationship don't just get to go out and go to bars and stuff like that. But because of stand-up, a lot of my shows are either at bars or pizza places or comedy clubs. They're at the kind of venues where you can, you know, like like it's almost like this. It's almost like the guy who quit smoking but can still smell some secondhand smoke and like wax poetic about it. That's how I feel like when I go to a bar or or something where it's like, I'm not flirting with people or even considering infidelity or things like that. But like, Hey, if someone wants to check me out or I want to check someone else out, that's fine. I think that's fine. You know, like if Tasha went out with her girlfriends and some group of young college guys were like, Hey ladies, you're looking beautiful. And they hit on them or whatever. I'd be like, I would, I would, I would, it would be funny to me to hear that story from her. I don't know. No one owns us. Right. So anyway, You got stood up, you completed the date alone. Final story I'll tell about this was a story I've told before where um, good things happen if you commit to going out. Like you'll, you'll, I think you'll never regret. I mean, don't get me wrong, there's horror stories that could have happened. You could have gotten mugged on your little hike. But so many times when you commit to doing something and if someone bails on you, you're opening the door for other opportunities. Like uh, I was gonna go to this bar in my single days and I had a couple friends that were gonna meet me out. Female friends, Completely not, uh, you know, completely platonic. Uh, but this girl, like she was super late. I mean, like super late. Like I got to the bar. We were, we were supposed to be at the bar at like 10. And she's like, oh, geez, we're going to be there at like 11, 15. I was like, oh, gee. Like if they were going to be there at 11, at you know, if they were 10 minutes late, I might have waited in my car, which sounds really sad. But I feel like most people would do the same thing. Because it's like, come on, what are you going to walk? You know, it's like, it's like a, we're so needy. It's like, what are we going to walk into a bar by myself? What am I, a psycho? And um, sure enough, like, that's exactly what I did. I was like, oh, you know what, you're gonna be an hour late. I was I was new to Los Angeles. So I was like, you know what, fuck it, fuck it. I'm gonna go to this bar. So I go to the bar. I take up as much space as I can at the bar. Cause I mean, I'm not going to sit in a booth by myself. So I was like, I'm gonna sit up at the bar and pretend like I'm friends with the bartender. I feel like that's the move to do is just become friends with the bartender. It's like, look, they're there to talk to you anyway. I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not exactly being stood up on a date, but my plans have altered. So then I was just talking to the bartender and of course, like four foreigners four chicks walk up they start speaking different languages and they go oh what are you french where are you from and you know next thing you know we're hanging out and of course i ended up you know uh hooking up with that girl and um you know we we kissed i think i gave her friends a ride home or something um and uh we ended up you know hooking up a few times or whatever but i also didn't want to be i was like look i'm the i'm the american dude you hooked up with when you were uh, studying abroad Great. Congratulations. (laughs) It's like a tax write-off. You get to hook up with one podcaster when you, but anyway, it was like, I was like, oh man, the whole trajectory and, and, and not to mention she was a cool chick. She was cool. Um, it was all fun. Everything was good. I think I was respectful. I think, I think all that. And then um, that's that's just what it was. But I was like, I'm not gonna fall for someone who's like in town for a few months while they're you know an au pair or whatever this situation was. Uh, but um, yeah, there was. Yeah, and, but I was thinking like, what if? Yeah, you know, what if I just decided to stay home? And it, it does take a lot of courage, especially. I feel like uh, I feel like that's more with com- with uh, with you know. I think it was less creepy back in the day to just like, all right, I meet you there. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. What do I what do I know about back in the day? But but it does remind me of that time in San Diego where I was you know four years into my relationship, five years. This was only a year or two ago. And I, we had just done a stand-up show, me and a couple other buddies. We all drove separately. And, you know, San Diego is a three hour drive from Los Angeles, you know, depending on the time of day. And so we were going to go, uh, have a beer afterwards. Um, and I'm gonna an adult, I can have a beverage and then drive home two hours later. You know what I mean? Nothing. Cr- Maybe I wasn't even having a drink. Either way point is, um, I get to the bar and I'm like half an hour before them. They couldn't find parking. I'm sitting in the bar texting someone just, and I didn't even order a drink at that bar. I just had water. I remember this. I, so I was sitting near the water station. A bouncer comes up to me and kicks me out. He goes, you got to come outside with me. I go, what? And again, I'm I'm just a, it, I'm just a normal, at this point, I'm 30. I mean, I'm 32, 33. And I, he, I've i never been kicked out of my bar in a life that I can, maybe with a group of people we've been asked to leave. I don't know. But I don't think I've ever been kicked out of a bar. And it was also not late at night, 10 PM. And uh, he goes, yeah, those chicks said that you were taking photos of them. I was like, what? And I went, I couldn't believe it. You know, there's nothing like being accused when you're sober. I was like, what are you talking about? Oh guys, I would have paid for the security footage to show me getting kicked out and they wouldn't, the guy wouldn't let me back in. So then my, my friends show up. This is just like, this feels like a Seinfeld episode. My friends show up and they're like, Hey, they're like, yeah, we go back in and the guy's like, Oh, you guys can go in, but he can't. They're like, Dave, what did you do? <laughs> I was like, come on. I didn't do anything. This is insane. It, it's weird. Anyway, um, I don't know what the point is that story. The point is that most, in most cases, good things happen when you make the decision to, um, sort of, um, go down your own path. Relationship advice took 20 years to learn. Let's see if this is good advice from someone who it took 20 years to learn. This is a man's advice. If your significant other is having an issue in their life and they're sharing with you, keep reading. If you want to fix their problem or you want to give them advice, sometimes they want to vent. This really works. Next time you want to give advice, ask, would you like to vent or advice? 90% of the time, it's venting. But if you're ready to have a conversation about a problem they are sharing, ask this question and thank me later. That's a good one. Yeah, there's and again, I'm not saying it's always great to vent to your partner. I feel like you should only if you, like you should consciously try to limit how much you vent. Like you don't want you don't want your partner to be the you know the person you just kick your shoes at when you come home. Take all your aggression out from your boss. It's like look, maybe go to a kickboxing class or join me at the park and do a few pushups. Like seriously, go do literally go do a few push-ups push-ups. Or whatever it is you can go do before taking your bullshit out on your partner, because it adds up. And I'm the type that like, I want to hear your problems. I want to help you fix it. I'm all about wanting to talk to you. Um, I'm not going to be the one who's like, honey, I don't have the emotional capacity right now to hear. So, but just because I'm not going to say that doesn't mean it doesn't wear on me. So, and and, uh, I'm not saying Tasha's bad at this, but anyone in a relationship, I'll come home from a bad set and sort of ruminate. I'll talk about it one or two times. And eventually I think what's good for your partner is to be like, all right, look, I think you need to go do some breathing exercises, go walk the dog, get it off your chest. And then let's reset the energy. I think that's a good thing to do. So you don't want to be dismissive of someone. You just want to reset the energy uh friendships are important indicators in relationships having friends is having no friends is a red flag uh that sounds like an obvious thing right i feel like people need to hear this not having friends is a red flag to potential mates it doesn't mean that you are unlovable or undateable it just means that someone is going to proceed with caution when moving forward with you until they can discover why or or they may never try to understand why and delete okay this sounds like a stupid. Um, if someone, if someone moved to a new city, that's okay. Everyone needs to make new friends. But if they aren't actively trying to make friends that usually relates back to, um, rule number one, what was rule number one? This guy has rules. You throw all your energy into one person and become codependent on that person to meet all your needs. I feel like a lot of people do that. This is kind of a thing. I feel like a lot of people, when they get into relationships, they have friends and then they lose them. Um, and then it's like, it's hard to have friends that you don't work with. It can be, I think it's tough to make friends when you're, an adult, right? How do you make friends when you're an adult? I was walking the dog the other night and this other dude who I see often. I don't know if he lives in my building or the building next door. We kind of both like looked at each other and did that white guy smile where you like say, hi, how are you? And, and I was thinking like, this guy could be my friend. Like maybe I'm, maybe I'm coming off as rigid as I think he looks, you know? And again, when you, when, when you're uh, with today's society, when you have a mask on, I mean, how do you make friends with a mask on? I had a 27-year-old male asked, how do I stop being alone? I'm a 27-year-old male, no friend, loser, who just wants to be loved. Yikes! We already got some Christmas lights to unravel here. He said, I don't know what to do or where to go to meet people since everything is closed for COVID. Even then, I have zero social skills, depression, and anxiety due to childhood trauma. I don't really have any hobbies either, at least ones that involve going outside. I guess the most social thing I enjoy is going to music shows, but that's not possible until next year, if that. I'm also pretty ugly, both face and body. I'm trying to lose weight, but it's slow because I get depressed and give up. I don't know what to do or how to meet people. I've tried Tinder for seven years now, and I only ever got one match, and she stopped talking after a few messages. Need help. Sick of being alone. Wow. Okay, so you touched on a few things that... that um. That we need to address. You're overweight, depressed, you don't have any hobbies. So you, you need to not worry about a female or, or whatever your, whatever your uh, you know, uh, gender preference, who the fuck cares. You know, whatever it is, you need to not worry about the external, put it that way. So you need to get a hobby, man. First and foremost, get a hobby. Find, f- find out what it feels to feel good. This, this sounds so rudimentary to rudimentary to say, find out what you like to do. And again, if it's, if the hobby is playing video games by yourself, that's, I don't, I think that's more of a, I think that's less of a hobby. I mean, that, that, that can be a hobby, but if that, when, when w- with regards to socializing and learning to meet people and talk to others, that, that doesn't count. You should be arguing with some 13 year old on your headset. Um, so, so, um, finding a way to socialize. And again, you mentioned that with COVID it's impossible. Um, Uh, depending on where you live, there's gotta be charities you can do that are socially distancing. Uh, even if it's like, you know, some sort of, you know, I, I looked at it this way. You're going to be very needy with a lot of the things that you need. You need friends, you need help, you need, you know, you need, uh, you need someone to help you with your anxiety. You need a lot of things. The way to get things that you need is to Give. So you need to find a way to give your time to others. It could be as, it could be something as simple as like volunteering at a special needs home or a, or a halfway house or a place that's, you know, there's, there are places out there that need volunteers helping with the homeless. I mean, if you can find a way to be of service to others, you'll start to find people that are also trying to like stick their head out there, meet others. Um, you, you know, you, you, you like rock, you like concerts. That's not going to happen anytime soon. Um, there's a lot of things that just aren't going to happen. So you got to find out what's going on. It could be a church. I mean, honestly, it could be the companionship from a church. There's outdoor services, you know, no one's more friendly than if you go to a church and people, someone's going to talk to you. And you know what, maybe look at it this way. You know, you might not want to talk to some grandma or grandpa or some weird kid. There's, you know, it's like, you want to find a girlfriend, right? You want to, you want to whatever, but look at it like batting cages. You need to build social anxiety. And you said you have zero social skills. Social skills come from doing the work of getting to know others, learning the art of how to ask questions and be engaged and being selfless. Getting really interested and fascinated in other people is a surefire way to um, build up their engagement. If you meet someone and they've got some hot... You know, what do you like to do? I mean, excuse me. You're burping out bacon. Sorry, guys. Um, With stand-up comedy, stand-up comedy relates to a lot of the same social dynamics as just like making friends. So... Stand-up comedy, there's material, and then there's crowd work. Material is um, jokes that you prepared. So my uh, fiance, you know, whatever, whatever it is, set up, punchline, tag, 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 laugh, laugh, laugh. Um, Crowd work is eliciting information out of an audience to make jokes. I mean, that's what crowd work is, right? And the easiest way to do crowd work is ask someone what they do. What do you like to do? What do you do for fun? And, um, you know, they might, I write a... I ride, um, you know, uh, um, snowmobiles. Jeez, what do you, do, you know, it, it just opens the door to so many things. And then if you can be fascinated by what the other person does, you know, you meet an old guy. Oh yeah, where do you, you what do you like to do? Oh, you know, I go to the VFW. Oh, did you serve in a war? Oh yeah, I did. Oh my gosh, cute what was that like? If you don't mind me asking, what was it like? You know, do you still keep in touch with any of the guys? And yeah, oh my gosh, the conversations that could open up. So. You, your final thing you said was need help, sick of being alone. Find a way to be of service to others. Find a way to be open and put yourself in situations that conversations might happen organically. And just practice the art of getting to know people and servicing them, and being interested in what they do. I've always found this is another thing. Reason why, like, I don't, I don't care who I have as guests on my podcast, as long as they're willing to open up. I think every single person has the ability to be interesting, authentic, and just fascinating if you get them to open up and talk about what their passions are. Because passions don't really. It doesn't matter if you like cooking or building like model, you know, uh, aircrafts. You know if when you when you get to know something and you can share that that thought and that skill with others, it becomes fascinating. I'm so like entrenched into the stand-up world that I forget that for me it's very fascinating, the human dynamics and psychology behind humor. And when I meet somebody who like doesn't do anything like that for a living, a lot of times they'll be like really fascinated at like what it's like to go up on stage and talk to people. and uh, once you've done it a good amount it takes away the the fear and the unknown of it all because you just kind of know what's going to happen for the most part. You know, if you have a bachelorette party, you're going to talk and you're going to say, oh, you know, if, if, if there's a bachelorette party in the audience and I find out who the best mate, the, the bride of, you know, maid of honor is, and I go, hey, do you think the relationship's going to work out? I'm going to get a laugh. She's going to look at the other person. Someone's not going to respond right away. And then I'm going to go, well, I guess not. You know, we're going to move on. And then, there's almost just like, when you put people on the spot, when you, when you learn how to like talk to people, um, and ask the right questions, when, it's like when you learn how to poke in the right places, like a masseuse, they know, they know how to, they know how to kind of like, uh, like stand-up comedy is the masseuse of the, uh, of the chuckle muscle. <laughs> so when <laughs> that make any sense, is this genius or dumb. So when you're a masseuse, you know, you know how to like, uh, you know, do a preliminary massage and then you can feel what's tense. It's just like uh, when you're a quarterback, Tom Brady, right? They'll, they'll, they'll have a lot of movement on the line. All right. If you don't understand this reference in football, you can you can send in in the NFL you can send one player in motion at a time, which means right before the set, right before the snap, one player can be moving. I think in the uh, Canadian Football League, two players can move, but I digress. Most in most leagues, it's one player, and a lot of times the offense will have a player go in motion just to see what the defense does. So if uh, so if um if the player goes in motion and then the defense, if a a defensive player follows that offensive player, then they're probably in man defense, which means they're man to man versus a zone defense, which means like I'll cover this area, you cover that area. And so when the quarterback can make a little bit of movement on his side, he can read the other side. And it's kind of like the same way in standup where if a stand-up comedian decides like, Hey, what do you do for a living? Oh, Hey, are you married? You guys married? How long you been dating? How long you been dating is a loaded question. You have people look at each other. The the guy never knows. There's just so much you can do. Oh, when's your, is your anniversary coming up? There's so much you can do. Uh, so many questions you can ask that are going to elicit a response from the audience. And it's the same way when it comes to, uh, the dynamic of making friends and just meeting people. So when you say you have zero social skills, just know we all start from nothing. I I grew up with anxiety. I had a friend who was the guy who could like make jokes and talk to girls. And that I had a real hard time with that. I kind of became like this quiet sort of guy who would, you know, I would be funny with my friends and then I would kind of be a stiff with girls. And then what I what I sort of learned over time was that that women want to be treated authentically and sometimes some of the best Relationships I've been in have have been built on a lack of fear, as far as like being able to tell them what I think and not trying to be a people pleaser. So when they always say like, "Oh, women don't like nice guys," it's like, "No, women don't like most nice guys are frauds. Most nice guys are just kind of try to tell you what you want to hear." And in stand up comedy, we call that a hack. In stand up comedy, you're a hack if you just dis- if you just tell people what you think they want to hear, what's funny. Oh, air- airline food's weird, isn't it? Oh man, you know, it's like, what? No. But then if you get on stage and go like, uh, you know, to some dark, you know, some dark stuff, people go, oh, this guy's legit. This guy's for real. He's not afraid to talk about crying at a, you know, watching an Adam Sandler movie. Let's hear that story. And so the key in life with everything is to be authentically yourself. The problem when you meet people is we all put faces on. You know, I've, I've, I've had those buddies that like, You're just completely normal. You get their humor. You're just, there's no like wanting something from each other. There's no, there's no uh, subtext to it all. It's just like, we're just buddies. We're fun. And then I'll see, and then I'll watch them meet a girl and they'll lock up or be a douche or be different. And I'm like, what are you hiding behind? What is it that you're hiding behind? You think that that's what they want? I think women are way more intuitive. And I think it's because they're so used to dudes trying to like sell them the world. So if you go up to it, like sales where you're like, look, I want to try to sell you this product. It's not great. It might break down. It works for me though. I think it's got some benefits. You know, that's probably better than trying to sell someone a wonder pill. Yeah. It's, you know, it might break things break, but you know, there's a good return policy. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I got these headphones. They're 30 bucks. And, um, I broke them twice. And each time I email them and they send me a new pair and I go, look, I'm not going to defend that. It's the best made quality product, but I can recommend them because they take care of things. If things go wrong and that's how it is, with relationships. Like I'm not, I'm not, I don't have it all together. There will be days where I short wire, I get snappy, but I tell you what, I will walk the dog. I'll apologize. And I'll tell you, you know, like I, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to work to be a better person in more control of myself so it's a long-winded way to say how do you stop being alone find ways like like listen if you lived in detroit i would say okay well let's google detroit charity detroit 5k and then you might not have that during the covid but like what what can i go volunteer at what can i go do um church uh bowling league you know i'm you know obviously with covid you're not gonna have a bowling league but there's plenty of places that that might have like um you know, that might, you know, like, uh, have, um, some sort of beer league, whatever, whatever it is. If, and then, and then you might find that it's easier to, to make friends before you start dating. So make that group of friends, they'll know girls. And then you slowly get co-signed by other people. I think you get the point. And then when it comes to dieting and getting depressed, it's sort of a, an issue with happiness and authenticity, you know, you, you, if you're being authentic and doing what makes you happy, I don't think you'll you'll want to fill your body with toxic food as much, you know. But don't get me wrong, there's definitely physical and chemical sides to the uh, to like weight addiction. Um so I totally understand that like you might be in a scenario which like you can only afford McDonald's or you're, you know, you, you crave certain foods because it kind of cures whatever that trauma is. I totally get that. Totally. But if you can like put yourself on a path where you start, you know, Walking an hour a day, then 75 minutes, then maybe you turn that into a jog. I think you'll find out that um, losing weight and, and curing yourself a depression, and again, there's chemical kinds of depression that I can't talk about, but a lot of it is about just boosting that immunity, feeling good about yourself, eating and digesting good quality food, good quality entertainment, you know, a motivational podcast, By Put it this way, and I'll end. I'll end your uh, question with this: by putting it out there, by asking uh, a bunch of strangers how to stop being alone. I think you're on the right path to like at least want to make changes, and wanting to make changes is a good first step. Um, uh, Here's a good one. Let's do. Let's do this. I think I uh, read this one before. Oh, the post was removed. COVID made me realize life is fucking short, so I'm going to tell my friend that I like him. So it, this was a post from someone who told their friend that they liked them, and then they said, um, update, I took the risk and told my friend I liked him, and he told me he liked me back. We're together now. I'm going to take him hiking tomorrow. No, I'm kidding. That the that last part. She said, I'm the happiest girl ever right now. Dreams do come true. I wanted to make this move for so long, and it worked. Thanks to everyone who wished me luck and pushed me to do it. I'm thankful to you Redditors. I've been in scenarios, let me take a sip of LaCroix for this, I've been in scenarios where I've had friends, it's gone both ways for me, I've told people I wanted more from them and they've shut me down, but uh, also with Tasha, I told her I wanted more with her and we're engaged, so it works, sometimes, sometimes. By drawing a line in the sand, though, you're making a decision saying like, look, I'm going to spill some beans to you. And if you're not on board, it's going to make things either awkward or whatever. But I had a friend back in the day who uh, called me up and told me they wanted to do. They wanted to date. They wanted to see if we could take things to the next level. Very much like what I said to Tasha. And unlike this Tasha scenario, this didn't go the same way. I just wasn't there. I I wasn't. I was years away from being there. And even if it was different, I don't think times would have changed too much. And it just, it just, it was a misfire. And as far as expectations, one in which I was probably guilty for maybe getting too close to somebody, I don't know, but it's, um, yeah. Yeah. If you're going to ask somebody to to be more than just friends, just know that, you know, you'll, you'll, you have to be okay with either answer. You have to be okay with either answer. Um, Someone said, help, need conversation starters or stuff that will keep her engaged. So a 21-year-old female asked me, a 22-year-old male, to message her, which tells me she's interested. Problem is, I haven't really played the texting game before and have no idea how to get a conversation going that will keep her interested and without me falling into the dreaded friend zone. I know a little bit, but not too well. Also, how often should we be texting? especially starting out. Is leaving it a day or two between tech sessions okay? How soon is too soon to take her out on casual afternoon date? Um, I think the sooner you get to a in-person date, the better. I truly do. Um, I would go from texting to maybe even sending a photo. You know, that's kind of more personal. Or even a video. And this might sound stu- stupid and, and people might be listening and completely disagreeing. But um, sending a voice note, You know, we're in such a weird society where it used to be you just freaking called someone. But now it's like you got to send a text message, maybe a Snapchat, whatever it is your social media is that you use, Snapchat, um, Instagram, even TikTok, send stupid TikToks to each other, um, send a video note. I think if if whatever it is you end up doing, if they don't reciprocate it, then you'll have to pull back. So if you're going to send a voice note um and they only just text you back all right well maybe pull back on the voice notes but if you're going to send a voice note or if you're going to send a a video message and they send back a video message then keep that keep that going it's you want to keep building that fire when it comes to in person hanging out you want to escalate and again this doesn't help too much for covid but you want to escalate to touching you want to be able to on the shoulders and touch on the small of the back and hold hands and get close and build sexual tension and that's something that has to be done in a very delicate way where you have to read the other person and know what the circumstances are you know i've been, totally been in scenarios where like you try to get close and the, you can like kind of feel the girl politely pushing away and that's on that's on neither of you you, you tried you shot your shot and she pushed away and she'll let you know if she's you know, just pushing you away, but you know, some, cause dude, don't get me wrong guys. There, there ain't no f- a locked and loaded true answer. I've been in, I've been in scenarios where I was for sure thinking I was putting the friend zone, and the next thing you know, or, you know, bumping uglies. It's, you just don't know, but you can do your best with human dynamics to sort of suss it out. So you're, you guys are young, right? So you're in your early twenties. I mean, you want to go on a casual date? Um, you got to just make sure that that date isn't something that friends would do, but you also don't want it to be like some spaghetti dinner, you know. So you can go on something that's like. I mean, what would friends? You know, it sounds like there's like uh, you know, hey, let's go have some uh, geez, I'm so old, I can't even think of a good example, especially during the pandemic, but um, you know, it's Christmas season, you know, hey, I saw, I wanted to go um, decorate this Christmas tree in the park. Yeah, you, you want to come with me? We'll have a. I'll bring a thermos of uh, hot wine. You know, but you guys know mold wine? Hot mold wine. It's kind of popular in some places. That, that I don't. Is that a great idea or a dumb idea? I don't know. But the point is, how often you should be texting. Well, it's it's again. It's like some, this, There's some scenarios where that where women or men just want to want that connection, that uh, internet connection. Like I can't tell you when when I was on Tinder. There's so many people that just wanted to text back and forth. They never wanted to pull the trigger and get to that next level. And, and it might just be because they had something better going on, but you were going to be that thing they keep warm on the back burner. Like who knows, right? Who really knows? So you can't really know for sure, but you can just start, you know, and again, you don't want to creep the person out and be like, all right, let's go meet my parents as a first date. And which obviously it doesn't sound like you want to do that. But um, yeah, so I think, I think you've got the right um, idea about wanting to get it into an in-person thing. But um, you said, how soon is it too soon to take her on a casual afternoon date? Um, it's going to sound crazy, but like, I'm kind of under the impression that like the longer you wait, the longer it's going to be to make it happen. So like next, next day, I really think it could be next day. She asked you to message her. And so like, just find something to do. And here's the deal. Find something going on, invite her to be a part of it. And then go regardless of what she says, you know, you know, like just make the plans to do it. And then I think that's, I think that's actually some decent advice. I think it's always good in a relationship to, or in a, when you're starting out to let somebody know, you know, subconsciously, let them know like you're living your life, doing things that you like to do. And if you want to join me, I'd love that. And vice versa, you know, you might be doing something she's like, Oh, I got this weird ugly sweater party I'm going to. Do you want to come? It might be weird, but if you want to come, I'd love for you to, you know, Oh yeah, sure. I love a good ugly sweater. Um, i don't know let's find what's next One last one this is one here i always thought this one was funny are guys intimidated by smart women my short answer is no and i think a lot of people would disagree with that but i don't think guys are intimidated by smart women um she said i am a sort of nerd when it comes to my educational life i'm not an actual nerd or geek just a fast learner and people around me often tell me that i will never get a man because of this trait of mine First of all, that's ridiculous, if that's honestly what people are telling you. That sounds ridiculous. Uh, She says, they tell me that this intelligence is just going to slim down the chances of me getting someone great because regular guys are turned off by smart women and that I'll have to be stuck with similarly geeky dudes who are plain and boring. These words are doubtlessly hurtful, but if there's a grain of truth in this, I would want to be informed. This is the... No, no, listen. You know, if you're smart in a certain way... And, you know, because it's, you know, obviously intelligence comes in different ways. You can be a bookworm and be a, you know, an idiot. I used to live with a guy who designs um, submarines for the military and he was a freaking moron. And he'll tell you he was, you know, like we were all kind of smart intellectually or emotionally in different ways. Um, But I would say, look, if um you shouldn't, you shouldn't be worried about how people are going to perceive you. And I think you'll, I think you'll speed up in life a lot quicker, quicker by just not worrying, like, are you going to like me if I'm into um, sports? Well, if you want, if you're into sports, find someone who's into sports. You know, if you're like some super nerdy uh, person who loves a specific genre of art, that's cool. And, And you could still be with a guy who loves sports. Like, you don't always have to have the same exact... Um, sort of hobbies and, and and all that. And no, I don't think I reject the, I reject the, the thought that men are intimidated by smart women, but I think you could, I think you could edit, edit that and say, um, uh, insecure men are intimidated by confident women in, uh, in, in, you know, maybe a, if a guy's not that smart, he's not, com- but like, why would you want to be with a guy that's that way anyway? Let your intelligence be a litmus test for your suitors. And when someone says, oh, it's going to slim down the chances of you getting someone great. Good. Slim it down. You don't just want anybody. You want the best person that you can spend time with. I reject that one. All right, last one. Is he into me or not? I've been meeting up and talking to this guy for a little over a month. Sometimes he's super affectionate and sometimes he completely just ignores me. I'm starting to get feelings for him, but I'm scared because I don't know how he feels. Ask him yeah, this sounds like one of those like young relationship types of things where like, is he into me or not? We've been hanging out. I've been blowing him in the back of my car, but then the next day he doesn't want to hang out on Sunday brunch. It's like, look, you shouldn't, you should know if a guy's into you. If you can't tell, I would operate under the assumption that he's just not that into you, but I would also give him the benefit of asking him what his priorities are. And if they don't line, just like this podcast started, I'll say, feel free to feel free to set the boundaries that you want to operate in. And if you set the correct boundaries, if you set the correct, like communicational, um, chalk lines, then you'll know right away if he's within them or not. If you're not willing to set them and communicate to yourself, what your boundaries are, how is he supposed to know? Because sometimes like a guy might be into you, but like he just really values his time with his buddies or he really values certain things. It's like, look, you might be reading into things if he doesn't want to see you every day, but it doesn't mean he doesn't like you. I don't know if that made sense. But anyway, folks, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and thank you guys so much for sticking around during this real shit year. I mean, it's really done a dent to to the podcast. It really has. So many people aren't working. And, um, it was hard. It's hard enough to grow an indie podcast anyway, but I do appreciate, and not to be sound negative, I do appreciate the positives of it all, which is a growing Patreon page. A lot of people have been, you know, if you liked this solo episode, I try to do one, like I try to do this like once a month on the public podcast. And then I do it, um, two to three times a month on the, on the Patreon only. So the Patreon-only podcast is a membership community where anywhere from $5 to $8, $12, and even the $50, which is the soap level, uh, you can join different tiers and then get monthly content. If you, if you are on the soap level, we just dried out our final batch of Christmas soap. So just hang tight. And I'm going to get those out to you next week, guys. So I appreciate you hanging tight. Soap is kind of one of those things that it takes some time to make because you got to make it, set it down, cut it into bars, and let it dry. Uh, it can dry up to a month or two. Uh, but if anyone's out there and wants any, uh, you know, wants to donate, some people have asked me like, how can you donate? Um, yeah, the Patreon's a good way. It's a monthly donation, and you get a membership to the to the small but loyal community. I appreciate everyone that's a part of it. Um, some people like to do like one off donations, which I'm totally cool with. A lot of the YouTubers like to Venmo me, so my Venmo is the same as my Instagram at dneals d n e a l z. You can donate over there, and I appreciate everyone who's just been loyal to the podcast. I really do. Y'all make y'all make uh, y'all make me really feel worthwhile. It's just been a weird time. I really feel like I'm in this weird moment. I, I tell Tasha this, it sounds crazy, but I feel, like, I feel like Jeff Bezos, when he's operating out of his little office with a stupid Amazon sign that was spray painted, and I don't, I don't have any intention to grow to a mammoth size like him. I'm not trying to be some evil guy, but I do feel like that there's a community and a message and a voice that's not quite hit its stride yet. And I appreciate you guys all kind of sticking around as we figure that out. Uh, YouTube has shown me um, that that with the click of a video, people will start, you know, like so much good can happen like last second, you know, and um, I don't know if it makes any sense, but like YouTube, you get behind that algorithm and then millions of people will find you. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's like, um, it's like we're trying, it's like we're trying to get this bicycle off the ground and we keep taking a pedal or two and falling down. But I, I think... We're real close to just really kicking into the next gear. So anyway, I just wanted to say that I value you guys. Appreciate you so much. Someone left a comment on my YouTube and was like, "Oh, Dave, you know, it's amazing how, how much you appreciate and how grateful you are for your comment, your commenters." And uh, and again, this isn't a pat on my back, but I was like, "Well, first of all, I pity the people that aren't." grateful for their commenters because I know what it's like as a comic as a stand-up comic I know what it's like to be waiting before the show and you're waiting for an audience to show up because no one's in the audience I know what it's like to perform to empty chairs and you can't do this without an audience it's just not going to happen so I know I get it and I and I value it and I respect it and I appreciate that you guys have chosen me to listen to and to be a part of. And uh, if anyone wants more of this content, go over to my YouTube and check out these Christmas vlogs. I'm doing them daily. Again, they're incredibly labor intensive, but I think they're a lot of fun. I think the, f- the final product I'm making is really high quality. No one's watching them yet. And that's because YouTube, you know, they, they gotta get picked up by the YouTube algorithm. So YouTube doesn't really know what to do with me yet, but it's good guys, trust me. They're good, they're good eight to 12 minute videos of me just doing Christmas stuff. And, um, anyway, I think you'll appreciate it. I appreciate you guys and uh, follow me on Instagram at Dean That's it for me. Bye everyone. See you next week.